see. Oh, there we go. All right. So anyways, I'm going to ask you six questions. And first, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Joe Ward, and I am a survivor and documentarian of historic child abuse. And that's actually how I came into this case. Some people may know me from some of my outspoken views during the pandemic, where I actually compared lockdowns to uh, to re-traumatizing re victims, which obviously didn't go down very well in the mainstream media. But... You know, people like to write a lot of stuff about me that I'm this, I'm that. But, you know, at the end of the day, when it comes down to what we really do and what our organization really does is to help vic victims of all kinds of abuse, all the way from sexual abuse, all the way up to elitist abuse. So, yeah, that's who I am. And it's what I do. Well, that's awesome. Um, oops, sorry, my TikTok decided to go on there. Okay. So um, whenever you started finding out um, about Julia and that she was coming out, that she was um, Madeline McCain, um, did you reach out to her initially or did she reach out to you? Yeah, so I, I've got a lot of friends in journalism because of obviously the nature of the work that we do and the research that we do. And I've got one friend in particular who uh, here in the UK who's absolutely obsessed with the Madeleine McCann case, literally follows it all, um, all the alternative stuff, all the mainstream stuff. And when he heard Julia's case, uh, as I mentioned before, we work with a lot of victims of a specific child abuse called SRA. And a lot of these victims suffer with memory issues whether it be that memories they can't quite work out where they're from things like that based memories from their child abuse called sra in with um you know the other stuff that, that that's kind of going on with them but either way that's the kind of work that we deal with so my friend i guess kind of thought well your organization does this you might be able to help julia decipher between you know what is a false memory and what are true memories so i sent julia a message as i kind of said in my video and instantly she got back to me and said um yeah, yeah i really want help with this you know uh, i i basically explained to her a little bit about what we do that we uh, get uh, victims and survivors in touch with resources and uh, different things mainly just to help and i wanted to let her know as well you know because i think there were a lot of people at the time that were reaching out to her from the mainstream media and you know i just kind of said to her you know we're not here to exploit your story we're just here to help and that's effectively how i met julia and we struck up um, you know, a, a great relationship over sort of four or five day periods, um, it, you know, where obviously we were sort of looking as though we were heading in the right direction with, with, with helping her. But yeah, that's how I, I met her effectively. Awesome. You basically answered my ne next question. So um, the next question that I'm going to ask is, do you work with real professionals as such as police educated psychologists with your investigations? Yeah. So um, again, it, it was sort of something that uh, ha has been thrown around a lot. And, you know, I, I, I obviously have to be careful how much I say because of confidentiality reasons. But one thing that our organization does is we, you know, I won't lie to you, you know, because it's quite easy to find out. We do have a history with uh, of distrust with the police when it comes to survive. I think victims and survivors of all types of abuse, of, of 
abuse. You know, a lot of us don't have a great history with the police and reporting. But one thing our organisation has done is really try to make waves in building bridges so victims and survivors, if they do choose to go down the law enforcement route, then they can do that. But mainly to do with counselling and psychology. And I think that the fact that, you know, um, up until that point, Julia hadn't seen a counsellor. She hadn't seen a psychologist. There wasn't anybody really who was offering to kind of get the DNA testing off the ground. Right. And within and within four or five days, we we kind of done all of that. You know. Okay. Well, well, that's awesome that you reached out to her and was offering your support. Now, I noticed that you had done a mental report with Julia. Because whenever I saw it, it did share your name. So that's how I was able to um, find out that you were the one that offered support. And I noticed as well that it had a medium Cassandra Benzant on it that was listed on it as a conduction of the mental exam. Who is she exactly? And would you like to also as well go over that mental um, report that you did with Julia? Yeah, see, I've seen... um... Like, again, I, 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 it's one of those things where I have to be a little bit careful about right. talking about. Right. I've seen kind of two or three versions of this, and a couple, obviously, that are traveling around are not actually the original document. I don't know whether they're like copy and paste documents, but um, yeah, and then obviously there is one going around which I believe is a copy of the original document. But me and Cassandra weren't the only people that worked on this. There were other... Um, there were other psychologists, other counsellors. The reason that Cassandra was brought in was because Cassandra has a long history, again, of working with people who have these memory, these different memory syndromes. And, you know, we, we can argue all day long about the rights and the wrongs of mediumship. Right. And this, she wasn't brought in for that purpose. Right. She brought in to decipher whether these mem- in her experience, having worked with victims who have memory syndromes you know was julia's you know what were julia these memories that were coming into julia's head did they have credibility or not that was cassandra's reason for being there on the report okay so what were what were you guys able to determine based on that report that was done because like i the only copy that i have is one that she um put on her um i believe it was her instagram page i took a screenshot of it because i was like i want to make sure that i have what she posted because of the fact that if i get it from somebody else i know that it's going to be copy and pasted but you're the one that did the report so go over um some of the logistics that you were able to determine on your report well again this is one of the crazy things that um that, that, that's kind of struck me as strange is like all the way along this these leaks have been coming from these different places and yet fear has accused us every single time of right but, right um, yeah and we're gonna discuss about that so don't discuss that yeah. right now we'll discuss that later <laughs> but um yeah in, in, in terms of the actual report i think the general consensus of the people involved was that 
Julia was definitely struggling with some trauma-based mental health and that there was definitely things in her past, um, definitely from the papers and the different things that we've seen. Because as well, the other thing is you have to understand in order to create this report, we were also privy to other papers and other documents and stuff that maybe the general public haven't been. So, um, you know, it, it, it was sort of the consensus of all, you know, the people that were involved in that report that, you know, if we were able to sort of get Julia into a controlled setting that, you know, we would be able to work out kind of what happened to her and we would be able to decipher through her memories. This was obviously, though, disputed not that long afterwards by Thea, who essentially claimed that um, that Julia was was crazy, effectively, you know, and that, you know, had no... I had no idea about what confidentiality was, had no idea what she was getting involved in. I think at one point she said she basically had the mind of a child. And, you know, the thing is, I can only speak to you as I find. And I spoke with Julia. I worked with Julia closely for five or six days. And I never got the feeling from her that she had the mind of a child or anything like that. But, you know, so it goes to show really off the bat, as soon as kind of Thea got involved, there were you know, polar opposites really between what our experts were saying and what uh, her team, which I'm sure we'll come on to that as well, but um, right. her parent team were uh, saying. Okay. So a lot of my viewers, I allowed them to post and ask questions on my Instagram. And this is a question that one of my followers wanted me to specifically ask you. So this is not something that I had selected. But my followers were saying that they um, saw your video on YouTube and that you were talking about yourself and explaining your you know, side of the story about what happened. But they were wanting to know if you were aware of Fia's fake credentials at this point due to you seemingly completely um, being unaware of Fia being unprofessional in regards to the business she operates as a PI investigator and that she isn't a professional in anything is what they were wanting me to ask you. Um, see, and this is the thing. I, I can only literally, so as I said to you earlier, speak as, as I find. And even up until when I made that video, um, I, I felt backed into a corner. And when Fia phoned me that morning to kind of try and smooth things over with me, you know, I, I said to her, look, Fia, I'm just going to put this video out and then I'm going to take a step back from all of this. Obviously, I'm quite... Uh, I don't know if hurt and upset is the right word because I try not to get too sort of emotionally attached. It's part of working in victim support. You can't really get too emotionally attached. But I will say to your listeners that there are definitely things um, that have changed from my point of view in the last week. It very much seems now to me that that last phone call from Fia was literally because she knew that I was about to make a video and she wanted to smooth things over with me and so there are probably things that i said during that video that now um obviously have come to light which aren't true but i can't you know i i, I can't point fingers for that i can only say you know it's just information that's come to me at the time i think that um somebody sent me a report of something to do with her instagram and her instagram followers and that maybe she wasn't being honest about you know exactly the type of team that she had around her but i go back to kind of what i said in the video which is that 
in victim support, all you can ever really do is offer to help. And, you know, if Julia had said to me at any time, I feel like I'm in danger from Thea, it would have been a different situation. But I had a very honest conversation with Julia where I said to her, look, if you want me to take a step back, I'll take a step back. And it felt like between her and Thea that that was the, the direction that they wanted to go in. So, you know, I, I couldn't force anybody into into being helped but i will say that many things have come out about fia johansson um since and you know it just it's it's a sad situation really because again there are things um you know that happened almost immediately afterwards you know i wasn't told for instance that uh, Julia was going to be taken to the US. I mean, they'll argue, you know, that they should, why would they have any reason to tell me? But you have to remember at this point, our team was still, you know, organizing DNA testing, something which could have been done within a week, you know. And as far as I'm concerned, they've been in the US how many weeks? Two or three now? Yes. This still hasn't, this still hasn't been sorted. No, so, and I know, have, I don't want to interrupt you. I apologize for interrupting you, but. Um, oh, sorry, go on. Um, do you feel that um, it was appropriate? Because I wanted to tell uh, tell you this before I forget, because sometimes I'll forget, and then I'll be like, "What was I trying?" Do you feel like that you would have been more discreet about it when it never went publicly, never went on a show like Doctor Phil, would it never like did four hundred hours of lives discussing everything? Do you think you would have been more discreet about it? Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, people don't really question you or call you suspicious until you start being suspicious, you know? And one of the things that has just struck me really strange the whole way along this is why fear has instantly gone on the defensive any time anyone has got involved in this case. I mean, we, uh, you know, regardless of whatever's been said about us, you know, we have an absolutely spotless record when it comes to helping victims. So to hear that fear, you know, was saying one thing to me and then obviously saying a completely different thing behind my back to other people. Right. It's it's difficult, but you, as I said to you, the, the main thing the whole way along this is trying not to get too involved in it because, you know, the, the main thing is if you is you, you just want to help the victim. Right. Right. And I completely understand that. See, I didn't even know who you were until I heard about it all over TikTok about the leak call. And, you know, I want to take a moment because I want to play this you know, for the viewers so they can hear it. And, um, Julia, I, I read somewhere that your grandmother was married to one of the suspects of the Madeleine McCann case. Is that true? Yes, she's still married to him. I, when I listened a song that Kate uh, sang to Madeleine when she was um, younger, I had two flashbacks. And as Pia said to me, Kate approved that these flashbacks are real, that this was happen. You know, a lot of people here in the UK believe that the McCanns, you know, they had something to do with the disappearance. I mean, how does that kind of sit with you and how you're feeling? Even if they feel that I'm not mending, I say them that I have information about this man and they ignore it. Why? Because they are involved, maybe. I risk everything. I risk my life. I risk everything because I know that it's dangerous. Okay, I wanted to play that for everybody to hear because after it was leaked, 
are released, you know, uh, on TikTok and everywhere else, um, it, it was um, proclaimed that um, she was saying allegedly that she was protecting um, her from a trafficker and um, from someone that was trying to office, offer her services, you know, basically you're in the UK. So um, how do you feel that that was said about you? I couldn't believe it actually. I was I was a bit surprised really because again, um, it, it's very, you know, the internet is an amazing place. It's so easy to find out things about people. I mean, like you say, you had no idea who I was, and unless you know you, um, unless you knew specifically about SRA or maybe you were involved in conspiracies in some form, um, you probably wouldn't know who I am. And I've been quite, you know, uh, open about that. And, you know, these leaks, they, um, you know, I, as I said in my video, my, my team have such a spotless record of protecting victims and it's just so not in our nature in any way shape or form to release confidential videos um you know i can't i can't lie to you i stand by what was what, what i said in the video i didn't want julia because my initial plan truth be told was uh, i think the same as what the common sense plan really which was to bring julia here to the uk to try and get a dna test sorted but what i didn't want her to be was surprised when she got here and realized that actually um these people that you're trying to reach out to there are a lot of people who don't trust them and actually here in the uk think that they had something to do with the disappearance of their daughter and again it's one of those things that's kind of um flown under the radar within the mainstream media it's all been very much about oh you know how are we going to get julia and kate back together but not many people are actually asking the question of you, you know what's going to happen uh you know if julia is madeline you know um should, that's going to raise its own questions from kate and jerry in right. itself so you know for me this is uh, this I, I keep going back to it and i sound a bit like a broken record but it's never been about anything other than helping the victim we put a plan into place of counseling of psychology of building a police report there's something you can do here in the uk uh, which is building a police report and getting a crime number and we have one of those for julia so we can start to build evidence so to be you know accused of being part of the other side of, of fear is just simply not true because i would argue actually still to this day three or three uh, two or three weeks later we did more in four or five days than has still been done by fear and her team um again i just want to say quickly because we've covered it a couple of times but i'm yet to see any proof of this team um i gave fear the benefit of the doubt at the time but uh, there's more and more information coming to light every day, which actually um, probably leads and probably indicates to the fact that there isn't really much of a team around fear. And I, I don't know the motives and I don't particularly want to speculate, but, you know, there are people do things for a whole host of reasons. And for me, for fear to go instantly on the attack in the way that she did, um, you know, I think a lot of people will be able to decipher from that her motives, you know? Okay, so you were absolutely, absolutely not trying to get Julia to come to the UK 
um, for psychological, I mean, just for psychological treatment, but you were not trying to lure her there because of sex trafficking. Let's clear that up right now. Absolutely not. As I said, I'm a very easy person to research. Um, just type my name into Facebook, type my name into Google, um, you know, conspiracy theorist, survivor, documentarian, whatever you, you know, you want, Joe Ward, and you'll find information about me. You know, if, if I'm a sex trafficker, I'm a really shit one because I'm not hiding very well. And I help, and I've helped. You know, I've, I've got thousands of, of victims and survivors on on my record of helping them. So, you know, I I I, I can't really answer that other than to say it, it's an it was an absolute absurd accusation. I don't know where it's come from. I can only think that fear. From my understanding, there were people who were trying to contact Julia quite early on, trying to make sure that. And one thing I will say um, that fear hasn't you know um ha you know has been honest about as far as i can tell um and we had similar things is that there have been people contacting us since obviously this case came up basically saying this is not something you want to get involved in you know there are darker forces at play here but being involved in conspiracies for as long as i have that's always kind of the case you always get people who are like oh don't go there do that um, you know, that's part of why I do what I do, because by ask, asking the questions that other people are afraid to ask, my team are able to help the victims that are largely ignored by society. So. OK, do you personally believe that Julia was a trafficking victim? And um, do you believe that FIA really does do a lot of investigation into traffickers? So, in terms of fear, I can only kind of say in a roundabout way what I've already said, and that's obviously um, I haven't had to kind of do any expose on fear or anything like that because I think the internet's already done that, and I think a lot has come to light about who she is and what she does and the way that she practices, and um, you know that speaks for itself, but. In terms of Julia, I will speak on Julia. And in terms of Julia, having worked with, you know, thousands of victims of this kind of abuse, it is my opinion that Julia is a victim of some form of sexual, physical and traumatic abuse. But with that being said, um, you know, there those for somebody who has been through that kind of abuse there are steps that need to be put into place in order to decipher what's what and my worry with julia is that um you know if she is pushed in one direction or another it, you know it may be all tunnel vision from then rather than actually finding out you know what's happened to julia and what her specific problems are and how we can help her all of a sudden it becomes this big media circus about her being Madeline McCann. So, um, yeah, it, it's it, it's a difficult one, but I do believe that Julia is a victim, yeah. I, I, I do personally feel that she is as well, and I do hope that she gets, you know, the help that she needs because she definitely... Thing, oh, go ahead. I just interrupt to yeah, say go as ahead. well, um, 
because it, it's not something that's um, people don't really often get an opportunity to say it. But as a survivor myself and somebody who's worked with many, can I just interrupt to say as well? One thing we say it, it's not SRA especially is that there is no such thing as a perfect survivor. A lot of survivors end up in alcohol, they end up in drugs, they end up in different forms of mental health, whether it be they try to take their own lives. And, you know, a lot of victims and survivors don't make it through. So, you know, it's important to remember for people who may be thinking, oh, you know, Julia's just milking this or, you know, that this is something that she's in on, you know, there is no such thing as a perfect survivor. So, you know, I just, sorry, I just wanted to get that point across. Okay. And, um, last and final question. Um, we're going to get to a big doozy one right now. Cause everybody wants to know, um, who you feel leak the call between you and Julia Faustina and or with the uh, Johansson. So I'm just going to, uh, you know, I, I'm just going to say um, what, what I've been thinking this whole time and I haven't actually said it to anybody else. So this might be a little bit of an exclusive for you. Here. Yes, that's what I wanted. Yeah. I'm kind of, um, I, I'm kind of a bit, a bit sick of holding it in anyway, but it's now my belief and this is only my belief. Um, I'm not, alleging anything or making anything but it's my belief that um that it was leaked from julia's side whether it be fear or whether it be fear asking julia to record me and then to release it and i think that they did this um uh, because uh, basically as kind of like an insurance and a backup plan as kind of like a okay there's somebody here who's actually getting involved in this quite closely there's somebody here who's actually putting steps into place that may rush this and i think it's been very evidently obvious over the last couple of weeks that for whatever reason whether it be right or wrong that fear hasn't wanted this case to move quickly and i think by kind of releasing those tapes it was like a back off to me i think that maybe um fear could see as well that the whole threatening me wasn't really going to work thing so it was kind of like oh, we're going to release your information into the public but i think the one thing that she didn't count on is like i said um being involved in sra and being involved in conspiracies this is this is my forte when you leak stuff on me you know it, it doesn't it doesn't bother us i've got an absolutely fantastic team behind us i was mostly just sad because we'd done everything you know this whole case all the way along has been so unprofessional even from the mainstream media you know i don't i can't actually remember any other case where the mainstream media have reported leaked phone calls without even getting in contact with the psychologist or the counselor or the person who did them to at least say look you know if should we be doing this because those are julia's confidential records and they were reporting them you know without even asking if if this is something they should be doing so this whole case the whole way along has been so unprofessional and i just feel like if nothing else we're the ones that can hold our hands up and say we acted in a professional manner we tried to help julia um, and that's where we're at, really. And that's all we're ever going to do. You know, you can try and come at us. But when it comes down to it, 
the people who have honest intentions have nothing to hide and all the way along this we our intentions have been good to help julia so we've had nothing to hide and as i say to people if you're interested in the work that we do if you're interested in hearing my story you can find that quite easily online facebook.com slash speaking out to hill you can find all that all about me you can hear my story and you know make your own mind up you know the internet is such a wonderful place and if if i can get anything out of this as i said i just want people to know that we are here and you know if you are a victim of whether it be sex trafficking or whether it be elitist abuse, you know, that you're not alone. There are other people here and there are people here to help you. And so in terms of these leaks, they are something very rare that, that that's happened. But I think, you know, when you kind of add the pieces up together of the way the last couple of weeks have gone, I think it's very clear that that was like a back off Joe Ward kind of thing to us. So, you know... It is what it is. I'm only ever going to speak the truth from what I think. How how many victims have you helped in the course of the amount of time that you've been helping victims? So my team now have been involved with helping victims for around about seven years. We got involved. Um, again, if people want to hear my story in full, they can do that at facebook.com slash speaking out to Hill. My story is called In the Name, Mr. Joe Ward's story. And I basically talk about how in 2015, I reached a point in my life where I'd been involved in all of this stuff. And I just, I, I just couldn't cope anymore. I had a mental health breakdown and changed my life completely and started out working with victims of domestic violence, moved into social services uh, and eventually landed in sex trafficking and these uh -huh. kind of crimes where now I work almost exclusively with SRA and faith-based abuse victims. Okay. But yeah, oh, we've created, we've managed to create over a thousand records of this kind of abuse. We've helped with 35 convictions. We've done over 65 paedophile stings now. Uh, so yeah, the team, we've got a great team behind us. We're helping victims everywhere and anywhere. And, you know, mainly just trying to make sure that this happens to as few people moving forward, um, at, you know, as it did us and hoping that nobody has to end up in a position like a lot of us have, you know? And, and that is very um, amazing that you have been doing this for that amount of time and helping victims because there is a lot of victims out there and every day there's new victims out there and it makes it to where you have to help more people. But the good thing is that you're willing to, you know, take the time to evaluate and help um, everybody that comes to you and asks for help. Well, I mean, this is the thing, and as, as I said to you, you know, um, during sex trafficking, we got involved in a lot of sort of faith-based abuses, and that's how I ended up in SRA, but it's, you know, I think it takes, it, it takes a certain kind of person, you know, to have to hear stories every day of people getting beaten to death in the street and stuff, but, you know, I look at it and I go, um, you know, if I don't... Who, who will, you know, and there's a lot to it. Don't get me wrong. You know, I didn't just pop up one day and go, oh, you know, I'm going to change my life completely and walk away from entertainment. And, you know, just I'm going to help victims. It, right. It was a process of, 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 you know, being able to come to terms with, 
you know, the type of person that I was as well and that the type of person that being an abuse victim had made me and, you know, actually physically putting the steps into place to change, you know, and become rather than a person who was a destructive person trying to become a person who, you know, could find purpose in my grief. And I personally watched your video because I wanted to know your background because obviously the only thing that I heard on the internet that this person is trying to lure her to another country based off of what allegedly Fia said and for sex trafficking. And then I noticed immediately she went to the papers and was talking about sex traffickers and basically, you know, you were trying to lure her she didn't say your name but i was putting two to two together so i knew that that was fake news and wasn't believing it but i know that there was evidence based of what they allegedly said that you know threats and everything else so you know they'll obviously let the authorities deal with that and um I'm glad that we were able to have this interview so we could clear the air because I know that you've been hearing all over the internet that you're some type of sex trafficker when you clearly know that you're not. Like, like I said to you, I mean, people have opinions all over the place. You know, I'm one of these people that I, I managed to get myself in trouble by not really doing a lot. But, um, yeah, I just like, like I said, people will will talk a lot. But if you really want to find out the truth, you know, write to me, write to the organization. You know, if you're a victim, reach out for help. And, you know, if you're part of the mainstream media and you're desperate to cover this story, then just contact me. I'm an easy person to contact. You know, um, like you said, a lot's been said, but I just kind of keep going and keep doing what we're doing and you know big shout out to Antle Dash and all of the guys on my team as well because I absolutely couldn't do it without them I quite often get kind of thrust into these positions where it's like Joe Ward blah 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 but you know I, I am very lucky to have an amazing team around me as well so shout out to them and thank you very much for having me oh you're welcome some of these subjects are not very easy to talk about right. but I appreciate you doing them anyway and, and, and it is very hard because I know that it's a very sensitive subject because of the fact of you being a victim and i i saw the video and i felt your pain because of the fact that i am a survivor myself which i don't discuss about it and so whenever fia was making accusations and accusing and everything else whenever she got upset about me having my interview with you and then was trying to scare and threaten everybody um for if they were to go on my podcast and everything else she doesn't realize that um there are people that are wanting to help but um it does show that the meeting has ended with him so he is no longer here but i just want to thank him for coming on the show and um we did finally get it cleared in the air on who he allegedly thinks leaked the call so if you didn't get to hear the entire interview go to my youtube because that's where it's gonna be and um the only reason why it had kicked him because i just had downloaded zoom and i didn't know you had to have an account so i'll have to tell him i apologize that it just kicked him but i do appreciate him coming um on my podcast and i do want to thank everybody 
for coming and listening to my podcast. Today, we actually got the exclusive interview with Joe Ward and who he thinks leaked the call, and he was able to tell us who he thinks leaked the call. So um, that's good. So now he was able to get his story out and be able to get the truth out there and let everybody know to the world that he was just offering assistance to um, Julia and that he was not trying to lure her to another country for any type of sex trafficking and that everything that you read in the tabloids and I'm pretty sure that we knew who and took that information to the tabloids and said that it was for tra sex trafficking um, was not accurate. So um, now you guys know all the information that's out there. You know what Joe Ward was really trying to offer to Julian that was for services to get a DNA test done and for her to find out who she was. Um, and I'm glad that we were finally able to clear the air. Um, I'm letting him know that I was sorry that, um, I'm emailing him uh, real quick to let him know. Thank you for coming on the show and, um, let him know that I did not kick him on purpose. Now, everybody that wants to be able to, um, it's going to be on my YouTube. As soon as um, I get done with my live, it's going to be on, it's on my YouTube and you can go on there right now. It's on my YouTube. Yes, it's on my YouTube. That is where the interview will be, will be on my YouTube because of the fact that I had to use a different platform to do the interview. Um, I should have recorded it on, um, Oh, I was going to use StreamYard, but I couldn't use StreamYard. Um, or he couldn't use StreamYard. So I had to use StreamYard, and then I had to use Zoom. So it was like a complete disaster when we first do it, set it up because um, the microphone situation and everything else. But everybody can go to my YouTube channel, and they'll be able to listen to the full interview and find out um, who he feels leaked the call. So I hope everybody has a good day and thank you for listening.